Hey guys, before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to let you know that we officially have the doors open to a free workshop on consistent content, building consistent content. If you are a content creator or you want to be, then this workshop is for you. If you struggle with starting, finishing, staying consistent, being on a schedule, showing up, doing all the things you know you should do, but who has the time for it? Well, I put together a free workshop that shows you exactly how I'm able to produce so much content without freaking out every single day. That should have been the name of the the workshop. But you can access that by going to heatherparody.com forward slash workshop, or you can click the link in the show notes. Again, that is heatherparody.com forward slash workshop. And I tried to figure out a way to sum up everything about being in foster care, being in abusive homes, going through the military. Like what's a one sentence way to sum it up? And uh, and like it, it kept me up for a little bit thinking about it, but... Um, I think when you break it down to a phrase, it's really... I've always felt immensely. I was born with several palsies. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. And today we're talking with my friend, Roman Roberts, about what it has been like as a leader after growing up in foster care. Roman has so real and vulnerable in this conversation, and I'm so grateful to him because he shares just the cold hard truth about what it's been like to navigate a lot of trauma in his life and just really hard things and how how he processes through that, not only in leadership and trying to make an impact in this world, but also as a father and a husband, how do you be the thing that you never had? How do you step into a greater purpose and a greater calling when you're dealing with a lot of crap that has happened to you that wasn't necessarily your fault? So unfair sometimes what people are born into or what may have happened to you as a child. And when you grow up, how do you not only overcome that, but step into what you feel like your purpose is when, you, when you're struggling so much with, again, things that were out of your control. And I'm just so grateful for Roman because he talks very plain about that and doesn't hide behind the fact that it's been really difficult and there's been ups and downs in his journey and in his relationships and so forth. But I think this conversation is going to be really beneficial to so many of you. And if you know anyone who has uh, maybe grown up in foster care or abusive situations and have really struggled with overcoming things from their past, I really want to encourage you to share this episode with them, connect them with Roman. He's such a generous and kind person. And, And yeah, I'm really excited to dig into this conversation. But Before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you've been listening for a little while, I've gotten any value from it, enjoy this episode, please consider leaving us an honest review in Apple Podcasts. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into this incredible interview about leading after foster care 
with Roman Roberts. I am a consultant right now, so um, I'm kind of willing to go back to work if the opportunity is right, but I stepped out to kind of be more of a part of my kid's life and uh, jumped into some consulting and really grew in that. And it was just an amazing experience getting connect with young startups and venture capitalists who wanted to get assessments on businesses that they wanted to look into. So it was just interesting to see how people were growing and evolving. And then it just became kind of let me show you the secrets that big industry uses. And so we talked a lot about Six Sigma and projects with these project management with these little bitty businesses who are you know, running mom and pop shops out of a downtown storefront and really getting them to a place where they could compete with, um, let's say an ice cream shop could compete with Ben and Jerry's, you know, so yeah. it, was, it was really neat to get to do that. Yeah. And you transitioned from the military. You were in the military for a good minute, weren't you? Yes. Um, so I was in the military for six years. Um, I did human intelligence collecting, so the fancy, nice way of saying interrogating. I did that, and that was just amazing. Uh, traveled all over the world. I think there's not really a continent that I haven't been on, maybe Antarctica, but who wants to go there, right? Um, and then I did two years as a contractor after that, um, got out, went back to Afghanistan, did two years straight in Afghanistan, um, right as I got engaged. <laughs> so that was a, a great relationship moment for me and my wife. Um, a lot of a lot of ups and downs in that as we were going through it, um, but it was a great experience. I got to work with some great people yeah. um, over and over again. I mean, I, the, probably the tip of the spear world's best leaders I got to just sit there and learn from every day. It was, it was such an experience. And that's part of what I try to bring to consulting as well. Yeah. Now, now, what drew me to your story is really where you come from. Statistically, I don't think you're supposed to be where you're at right now. Statistically. No, I'm not. So statistically, foster kids actually are somewhere between two to 9% for getting a bachelor's degree for actually like completing it. So like those numbers are phenomenally low. Even if you take the high end of 9%, like that's nothing. Um, so yeah, I grew up in foster care. I mean, as a little baby, I guess a little side note, um, I was adopted as a kid. I now have a two-year-old son and everyone says, man, your son looks just like you. And it brought up some things for me being adopted because I'm like, man, my kid is gorgeous. You know, like how could you, how could you let this go if this is what you have in front of you? So that was kind of a real just eye-opening moment for me. It gave me a new perspective. I thought I had dealt with most of my adoption things, but some of it kind of comes back when you have a kid. Um, but, but yeah, so I wasn't supposed to make it through a bachelor's degree. I definitely wasn't supposed to make it through all the times all over the world. And then um, now I'm four classes away from finishing my MBA. I have certifications in project management, Lean Six Sigma, computer management, IT systems, HR. I mean, I kind of blew that statistic out of the water. And I just, I mean, now knowing how low that number is, I just, I kind of want to tell foster kids everywhere, go back to where I was at and say, look, like nobody's betting on you to win. So you have to bet on you to win. Yeah. And I want you to know how grateful I am that you're willing to talk about this because I know the little, the, the little bit of experience I had working as a therapist with youth, one of the big pieces to that was this idea of modeling, that youth need a model of someone who has done and been, you know, done what they want to do and been where they've been. Yeah. And it's so important because it's one thing of looking at a successful person, people who are doing great things in the world, you're like, oh, well, it's easy for them. 
But for you, you're saying, dude, I've been there. I've beat the statistics. I did not have things handed to me and I still are able to, you know, accomplish these things and rise above. How, how Roman, like, it, it, <laughs> you know, because it wouldn't, I hate saying that sometimes because it, 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 it's not anything against these kids because it's not their fault. It's not their fault that they were handed the cards that they were handed. And that's what's so frustrating about it is you literally have to be given this hand of cards that had nothing to do with your decisions and still make something good out of it. So how were you able to do that? It, it was hard. Um, but I will say, so I've been thinking a lot about coming onto this podcast and talking, and I tried to figure out a way to sum up everything about being in foster care, being in abusive homes, going through the military. Like, what's a one-sentence way to sum it up? And, uh, and like, it, it kept me up for a little bit thinking about it. But um, I think when you break it down to a phrase, it's really your hustle has to be bigger than your struggle. And I'm not just talking about work hustle because everybody's all about work hustle right now. Like, oh man, like, hustle, grind at work, get stuff, stuff, stuff. You know, I'm talking about life hustle. I'm talking about like, yeah, you're, you're not going to have all the best opportunities. I mean, I grew up in foster care, dreamed of getting adopted into the rich house or my, my mom coming back and taking me and us going to live in this castle in the sky. And it's not realistic. That's not life. I got adopted into a home where I lived in a trailer house and it was not the greatest environment. Um, there was a lot of physical and emotional issues that I went through, but guess what? Like, that's what I got. So I can either sit there and say, man, that sucked. And I hated that I got that. And then I can just wallow in that self-pity or I can say, you know what? I do not want to live in a trailer house for the rest of my life. I, I want to be better than that not that that's wrong to live in a trailer house but that if you have a bigger ambition don't don't settle yourself you know and so so I stepped out and I said you know what the only way that I'm going to get out of this environment is if I get out of it mm. and the easiest fastest way was to jump into the military and you know I'm not saying that it's for everybody but definitely for a foster kid with no family no community the family that I was connected to was abusive no real great father figure to look to. I mean, I got to be around some of the best father figures I think you could ever have. I mean, I dealt with guys who literally didn't see any of their kids be born because they were deployed or couldn't have kids of their own. So they dedicated their life to training soldiers. So, I mean, things like that, that showed me all the greats and not so greats of being a leader, but also being a father, because being a father is being a leader. You're leading a young life. And so it was just this real eye-opening experience for me. And to say that I got it all right is completely wrong. I mean, I still have days where I wake up and I deal with problems from the military or I deal with the fact of looking at my son and going, how could someone let me go? Because I would jump in front of a train for this little dude. So it's stuff like that, that it's a constant battle, but it's waking up every day and going, my hustle is going to be bigger than my struggle. I'm going to love my son every day. I'm going to love my wife every day. I'm going to love myself every day because that's just as important. A huge part of where my problem lied was at first, I just didn't care about myself because nobody else did. So why should I? So it was just put myself in the bad environments, drink as much as I can, womanize, do all the bad things that I could possibly do because Nobody cares anyway, so why should I? But really and truly, that's just a horrible outlook for life. I mean, if you can't care about yourself, you can't care about anyone else. I truly believe that. So for me, it was just really every day pushing and learning. Like 
if you're not constantly working and trying to grow, whether it's being a father, being a husband, being a friend, coping with your problems, because I mean, I, for a long time thought you can't go to therapy. Like that's horrible. You can't sit in front of somebody and talk to them. I mean, I got to work around alpha personalities in the military, guys who are just the baddest of the bad. And it was kind of rub dirt in it or take some water, you know, you'll be fine. Drink a bourbon. It'll, it'll get better, but that doesn't make it better. And so really getting, coming to terms with that and almost losing my marriage really got me to a place where I said, okay, I got to talk to somebody because I don't have the answers and I don't get it. So I think, I think that's a big thing too, is that people going through this don't just need to, whether it's foster care or whatever struggle, don't just need to think, Oh, I'm in it by myself or, you know, I need to find this system or that. It's really just take those little steps. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall on it, but just constantly keep pushing. And at the point where you're ready, reach out to people to help. Don't, don't force it too soon because if you do that, it's not going to be effective either. So kind of roll with that natural pace and flow because there really is something to be said for the process. Now, did you, if you don't mind me asking, have you been in touch with your biological parents? What, 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 age, <laughs> what age were you? Put um, in so care? I was, I was put into foster care as a baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of crazy. And I actually have a sister who is, I don't really know her. Um, we met once when I was really little. We got separated. So I was the oldest of all the children. Um, we got separated. She got put into a family. Um, really good. And that was kind of some of my bitter bitterness. Um, she got put into a great family, great money, great opportunity, all these things. And, uh, and I kind of was stuck bouncing around the system. Um, nobody wanted me. Why does nobody love me? Kind of thing. Just realizing that you know she had that and I didn't kind of, made me angry, but also made me push for more. So I didn't really get to talk to her uh, much after that one time when we were little. I know her name's Caitlin, and that's about it. Then I met my grandmother once for all of about 20 minutes in a mall parking lot. Everyone always says, like, well, don't you wish you could find them? And, you know, we have all these things now where you can find them and things like that. And, uh, I, you know, for people, if they want to do that, that's their thing. I'm all for it. But for me, they taught me the lessons that I wanted to. And they actively didn't want to be a part of my life. I mean, my mom sealed my records so that I couldn't try to find her. So, I mean, it's, I'm not mad at that anymore, but I understand that that's where it is. You know, they, they aren't that part of my life. They're the part that propelled me to where I am in life now. So I just kind of took it for what it was and just move forward from that. And that's, it's really the best you can do. But um, it was, it was interesting to, to think about it over the years because I had phases where I was like, yes, I do want to meet them. I do want them to come get me, take me to my mansion, you know? And then I had phases where I don't ever want to see them. They're horrible. And now it's kind of a neutral. If I saw them great um, because I know who I am and I know where I'm at. I know what I have in my life. Um, so I don't need them to validate me in any way, but also if they, if they hear this podcast and they say yes, okay. And if they say no, okay. You know, it, it's not really going to, change my life uh, for the worse or the better in my opinion because the people who do influence my life they're in my life every day and yeah. that's what matters. talk to me a little bit about being a husband and a father what's, what's difficult is when you are stepping out and doing being who you never had that's cool and it sounds good 
but it's really hard because you didn't have a model. You don't know what that means. Like, what does a father mean? What does being a husband mean? Yes. How have you been able to define that in your own life? So I have to tell a super kind of cool bragging story on myself before I do that. Um, So when I first, when we first had our son and we were just kind of hanging around doing some things and people saw us at church and out and about, people would always come up and say, wow, you know, you're such a good dad. You're really so involved. And, and I would like, oh yeah, thanks, you know, kind of whatever, you know, people are just saying that. And then uh, like, it just kept happening. And I'm wow, you know, this is, this is kind of cool. Maybe I am a good dad, you know? And, uh, cause you feel when you're, when you're a first time parent, you're like, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I just, I'm trying to keep this little person alive. Um, and so, but really and truly after a few times of that, I kind of realized that, you know, part of why I'm a good dad is because I didn't have that. Um, I learned from the bad and I said, I'm not going to do that. You know? I'm going to sit there and communicate with my kid and try to understand him. And yeah, he's two. Like we're not having philosophical debates over, you know, the the world. But you know, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him. Want what he wants. Why does he want to play with blocks? Why doesn't he? Why does he get upset when we do this? And sometimes it's just because he's a little baby. But other times, you know, there really is something behind it. So I think um, the biggest thing I learned was how not to be a parent from all the people that I was around. And, um, and then I took that and I said, you know, what's the one big thing in communication or in the military and in leadership that I saw? And it was communication. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'm going to be a communicator and be a good communicator and work with him and and try to understand him. And my wife, she's a, she's a master reading teacher. She teaches bilingual education. So she's really big on education and, and how all of that works. So that was just another way that helped me. So my wife is part of the reason that I'm a great father. Um, just her support and her love and, and her kind of teaching me all the things that I don't know and saying to me, hey, you, you know, you're, you're kind of missing the mark on that one. So that was good. But also uh, her just kind of working with me and communicating with me. Because you mentioned earlier before we hit record something about it wasn't for your wife you know, you'd be in a ditch. Like, what do you mean by that? Uh, <laughs> um, so I am not the greatest person. Um, I have made a lot of mistakes, even inside of my marriage. Uh, her and I have made a lot of, or me more so than her, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, I almost lost my marriage at a certain point um, because I had uh, kind of stepped out a little bit out of the marriage. Um, uh, well, a little bit is a vast understatement. <laughs> I stepped yeah. out of the marriage. Um, and uh, I I actually learned at that moment that despite being a fighter in a lot of ways, I sometimes try to run from my problems. Uh, oh. When I feel the walls closing in on me, when I feel like I'm, uh, you know, yeah. in those environments. Uh, and, you know, the thing that you hurt the people you care about the most, uh, that's so true because you a certain part of it was yes I didn't want to hurt her or not be enough for her so I thought walking away would be the answer but uh obviously it wasn't um it's it's not the it's never the answer to walk away uh in my opinion unless there's something an outlying you know abuse or or something like that but really and truly uh, most of your problems come from not communicating we say it in business all the time but really and truly it's it's relationships in life Uh, so and then 
dealing with coming home from being in Afghanistan and the friends I've lost and things like that. I mean, she's seen me when I was popping pain pills and washing them down with a bottle of bourbon. I mean, um, and I don't say that to brag or to push the military stereotype of, well, they're just pill popping drinkers because that's, that's not the truth behind it. I mean, that, that happens to some people and there's things you have to deal with, but it, it is a hard environment being deployed, being in the military and it, and it has its toll, whether it takes it physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, when I first came home, I didn't know how to talk to people. I mean, I couldn't be in group settings. I couldn't, I, I didn't know how to do anything. And I just couldn't understand why people couldn't understand me. Um, but I didn't even know how to speak the language. I mean, I, I joke saying I lived in San Antonio, but never really spent any time here. So I didn't know anything about what happened in the, in the community, what people, what do people like to do? Where do people like to eat? You know, like, um, so it was just really hard for me to transition at first. And then to top it off, you go into job searches. And for me as a veteran, I, I went in um, and I applied to, you know, entry level jobs, trying to just kind of get my foot in the door somewhere and figure it out. And so. I would go to these banks and I would apply and they'd go, you know, what makes you think you can handle the the vast amount of paperwork and reporting that comes into this role? And I'm like, well, you know, I managed like, reporting on a multinational level. I, I made sure that we were coordinating it. Well, how do you think you can manage projects and financials? Well, I, <laughs> I literally planned operations and, and managed finances for my unit or my group that I was with. And so it was just so hard at first, but I didn't know the language, I didn't know the lingo. And, and I, I fell back into some of those habits that I fell into when I was first adopted, which is why I say that it's a constant cycle. Your hustle has to constantly bigger, be bigger than your struggle. Um, because I, I stepped kind of back into that. Well, if they don't want me, I don't want them. I'm just gonna go back to Afghanistan. Well, you know, if, if if they don't care about me, I don't need them and this and that. And you, and you do need people. It's, it's really naive for veterans to say, well, I'm, I'm better than this and I don't need this. But on the flip side, um, the civilian populace has to be able to communicate as well. And I think the gap has changed a lot since I was a veteran. There's a lot more understanding, a lot more support. But yeah. when I first got out, I mean, I just didn't have a clue what to do with my life. I had constantly been in a place where I always had a roof over my head. I always had food. I always knew I was getting paid. I didn't really have any of the, the struggles of life, if you really want to say it. I mean, I had a different set of struggles, but it wasn't the nine to five struggles. So it was just a real eye opener that, you know, we, we all try to have this mentality of, well, you know, I'm better because I did this, or I'm this because I'm yeah, whatever, whether it's you're a big CEO, you're a huge podcaster, a huge consultant, or a balanced military career whatever it is um you, you kind of get this a little bit of a chip on your shoulder but really and truly everyone's just trying to make it through and everyone's got their own struggle and their own hustle and, and their own thing they're trying to do and so it was just to get back to her saving me i mean it was just really teaching me how to integrate into society because being a foster kid i already didn't have much respect for people anyways i didn't trust anybody because I would go to these houses and they'd, they'd take you in and you go, oh man, I, I have a home now. And then two weeks later, you're back in the foster care. So you're, you're kind of at this place where you're like, yeah, I don't trust people. Yeah. And add to that, build a community inside the military that's a very unique community, a very unique tribe 
then go back into the regular tribe and yeah. <laughs> transition and the and the fit in and you're like well yeah I don't get these people either okay I'm gonna go back to the people I know yeah. and so it, it creates these walls that don't need to be there and I think yeah. that's why I kind of love how social media and movements and everything are going is we're really trying to break down walls in life now I think a lot of walls we put on ourselves but uh, just as a community, veterans, you know, women is equality, rights for every, whatever it is, like these walls are coming down because we're saying, wow, like this, we're, we're all people yeah. at the end of the day, you know, and, and that's kind of my big thing. And some may say, well, that's a little like out there, this and that, but it's the truth. We're, we're all, we're all trying to deal with life. We're all trying to handle the struggles. We're all trying to hustle to make the best life for our family, whether it's our wife, our children ourselves whoever it is we're we're all hustling we're all struggling we're all figuring it out and none of us have it down I mean, there's a reason people go to motivational speakers and podcasters and and read articles and try to learn and grow it's because we don't know it and because sometimes life hits you in the face and you have no clue where that hit came from and part of it is being resilient the foster care system teaches you really how to deal with those hits uh, but another part of it is understanding you need people. Like, I got to a place now where I don't have big conversations without talking to my wife first. I don't go through these decisions without talking to my wife. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but in those mistakes, I've learned that I, I got to talk to the person who's right there in it with me, because if anyone understands the struggle, it's the person who's been with me through the sleepless nights, who's seen me cry because I couldn't even get a job as a bank teller when I first got out. But I used to go on operations in Afghanistan like like how how does that work you know all these different things that didn't make sense she helped me make sense of them so that kind of pushing me away from the the pill popping the drinking kind of getting me to a place where you can you can figure out your own life and it, it, she just really empowered me and then believed in me um, when I didn't even believe in myself yeah. I mean <laughs> really and truly I really want to thank you for being willing to share the not pretty stuff because I think there's this, especially within leadership and whatever, that it's like, oh, I struggled, but now everything's cool. And there's no freedom there to allow people to process through things and evolve and change. And it is, it is a process, like you said. I mean, to give you an example, uh, I think I shared with you before, my, my dad grew up in foster care too. Yeah. Just had crazy experiences, and he's in his fifties, mid fifties, late fifties, I think. And I mean, he he told me the other day that he's. I mean, I mean, he would share this publicly, but he's still just like really struggling going through some things that happened to him when he was a child, through what happened and everything. I mean, he's he has grandkids, you know. And I'm like, Dad, of course you are, because this stuff is not, you weren't supposed to have to experience this. No, I mean, we weren't created to bear this kind of stuff. So thank you for being willing to be open about that, the struggle part of it. And you, you mentioned something earlier, you, you brought it up. So spirituality, (laughs) church, like you, you said that you were in church and that's where sometimes I struggle. And I'd love to know your thoughts if you don't mind, but what role is spirituality played in all of this and like a trust in a higher being and God when you've experienced the things that you've experienced? Oh man. Um, so I, I guess I kind of have to take it back to the beginning. So I grew up in uh, the foster care system that was funded by a church. Um, 
I got adopted into a family uh, that was very, so it was Church of Christ. They were very, um, very religious, uh, very strict on their religious practices in the house that I was in. I'm not saying that that's a blanket Church of Christ thing, but uh, that's, that's how they were. Um, a lot of punishment came from me kind of bucking that system a little bit, uh, kind of wanting to understand it because I'm a very inquisitive, analytical person. I want to know. I want to understand Eventually, I kind of got into it, kind of got into church, did a lot of things. At one point, even thought about becoming a pastor. <laughs> um, quickly diverted from that path, went down a very bad road. Uh, it just really, like, I kind of fell away from church because of the foster care environment that I was in, because it was very hypocritical. And uh, now we're a part of a church actually here in San Antonio that's a recent startup called Rise Church. And um, the funny thing is they're like everyone's a hypocrite and so i think kind of realizing that was a big turning point in religion for me mm. um no one's perfect you know we we're not perfect whether it's in life and business whatever it is and stop trying to put these labels on well you're a christian that means you can't sin you can't have problems you can't have an addiction issue you can't have dealt with being abused well guess what you know i'm, I'm a person at the end of the day too you know and uh and i think that god has a purpose for everything that he does um sometimes i don't understand it <laughs> but i think that's the whole point of it you know and sometimes i've looked back on it and went wow like you totally came through on that and i had no clue how um so i think it's a growing it's another one of those processes you're constantly growing like, there's days that i'm yelling and screaming at him like i don't understand why did you do this to me but then there's days where you know, I now can tell my son, like, you know what, here's what it takes to be a good man and be a good father, because I've done every wrong thing you can. <laughs> here's kind of the path, you know. Um, so I think that it all has purpose and it all has a divine plan, even though we don't always see it. Um, I can tell you I haven't been the greatest of Christians and I'm still not always the greatest Who of Christians. Is? But what does that right. even mean, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I try and I, I enjoy um, being around the people more than anything, uh, especially at the church that I'm at, because in San Antonio, you're, you're a military city. So there's a lot of veterans to connect with and kind of uh, help them as they're going through their things. And they help me, you know. Um, so I think I think religion and spirit, spirituality is kind of a give and get. You get out of it what you put into it, the same as you give and get in a relationship or anything else. Um, if you're not willing to put any time into spirituality, then you're going to be really disappointed with the outcome of it. Uh, the same way as if you don't put work in your relationship, you're going to be really disappointed when your wife or husband walks out the door. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a work. It's a work in progress. And it's definitely not something where I'm the model Christian or the model person, but I am a person and I'm trying and that's yeah. kind of how I try to preface it all. Is yeah. I, I trust and I'm, I'm growing. That's so good. Roman, what are you kind of transitioning into your, your life now and the work that you're wanting to create? Uh, you have a podcast coming out like, <laughs> and you have, you have, you have a good presence on LinkedIn as well. So guys, if you're not on LinkedIn, get over on LinkedIn. There's some cool stuff happening over there. Some cool people. <laughs> And at Roman, you're, yeah. you're putting out awesome content. Thank so you. tell us a little bit about the content you're putting out in this show that you're starting. So I will actually say, um, as far as content, I kind of stole from Gary V. Uh, Do it. Gary's the man. Yeah. 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 So I kind of basically uh, did that. But then when I got on LinkedIn, I found like there's so many other people doing so many things, like yourself included. And so I just kind of been piecing from different people and 
I'm kind of trying to build up what I want it to look like because I want to bring value and I want to help people understand quality and I want to help people understand what it's like to, to be a foster person uh, inside of business and how you have to take time for yourself and things like that. So that's kind of my big push on LinkedIn right now. I'm focusing on the quality piece because uh, a, it helps me kind of get my name out there and consulting wise and talents and quality, but B it also gives these people who are scrolling through LinkedIn who maybe have a business with five to 10 people, it gives them a tip for free that they normally would have to pay hundreds of dollars to spend inside of a room just to get that information. And maybe they understand it. Maybe they get some specialized one-on-one time. Like I'm offering free specialized one-on-one time just through, through a video, push your comments. I'll tell you, I'll answer your questions, you know, um, because I wish people had done that for me uh, when I first started. Um, and then as far as the podcast, it's just real talk. Like uh, it's really as simple as I can get it. I want to, and not just across one industry. Like I don't want to just sit across from the business CEO or the marketing guy or the quality guy. I want to sit across from the person who's a pastor in a church and how does that relate to building a business or just the regular worker in a business who, you know, I, I've been laid off three times because I'm in a field that's constantly, how do I get through that? Or, you know, I'm a hundred percent disabled veteran. And how do I, how do I deal with life? Because yep. we get in this window where we say, you know, I can only learn from the big guys like Gary Vee or Tony Robbins or whoever, like insert name drop, whoever you want there. But really and truly, what about the, the line operator who's been doing it for 50 years? I'm pretty sure he can give you some pretty good insights on how to get through it. So, or the guy who jumped into a startup and it failed for him twice before he finally got it together. I guarantee you that guy can give you some good advice, just the same as Gary Vee or, or anyone like that. I really wanted to kind of create a form where, you know, the, the underdog or the, the less recognized person gets a chance to kind of be there because it, I will say being on the 10 minute LinkedIn video with you and now doing this um, has been a huge growth experience for me because it kind of made me take something that I've internalized and tell the people in my close network, but I haven't really told a lot of people, you know, and it's something that everyone can kind of benefit from it in some sense. And I'm not saying that I'm the end all be all guru, um, but I'm saying that, you know, there's, there's parts of my story that whether it's how to be a better father, maybe it's, Hey, don't do stupid things in your relationship take 10 minutes to talk to your wife every day and that can have a huge dividend. Like if you just spend 10 minutes, you know, cause we'll spend 10 minutes on fitness or we'll spend 10 minutes on a, on a self-improvement. But do we, do we always spend 10 minutes in our relationship? Whether, and not just with our spouse or our girlfriend or boyfriend. What about with your friend? What's, what's the friend you have that's been in your phone that would come running to you in a heartbeat, but you haven't talked to him in two months, you know, you know what, what, what's 10 minutes in the grand scheme of things. Um, so Things like that, that I think I would have benefited and I wish people would have constantly been telling me, but things that I think you can hear just as well from a guy who isn't a number one star in whatever field. So I just want, I want a real opportunity for real people to share real stories. And that's kind of, kind of what my podcast is going to be about is just real people getting real. And obviously I'm going to try to bring some big names on there and some CEOs who have gone through some major growth in their business because those are great topics, but also the regular guy who works a nine to five and has three kids. Yeah. <laughs> Guarantee you he's got some time management tricks that you can learn from. <laughs> real talk, real talk. 
Guys, all of that will be linked in the show notes. Please take the opportunity to connect with Roman. Um, I just love what you stand for and you just embody everything that this show is about. So thank you so much for your time. I have one question left for you. Oh. Da, 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 da. You probably know what it is. If you've been I listening. Do. <laughs> if you were to go back to a uh, little Roman, let's say the young man, right, mostly before he goes into the military, he's about to just start this journey of manhood and really walking into the role of what it means to be a man after someone who didn't have that experience, wasn't taught, didn't have that figure in his life. And you're about to step foot into your own version of what a man is. If you were to sit with him and tell him one thing, what would it be? Man. So it's funny. I thought about this question from a lot of, a lot of scenarios. And the one I didn't think of is the one question you asked me, right? So <laughs> that makes this perfect. That's why I get um, the big money, man. <laughs> so I would honestly say, um, uh, this is going to be really bold. Shut the fuck up. Like I talked way more than I listened. And I mean, I, I could say your house has to be bigger than your struggle, but really and truly just shut up. Like there are people who are telling you some things and you're just not even listening, whether it was invest the money in savings, actually take college before you get out of the middle, like all kinds of little things or just the, the things that now that I'm saying like, oh, spend 10 minutes with your spouse. Yeah, well, <laughs> I spent 10 minutes with people. I probably wouldn't have done some of the things that I did. So really just, just shut up. And I think it, still in life, just shut up at times is probably a good lesson. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.